So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode five of season four, Life After Lockup. On this episode, Kevin gets a visit from Kayla, Chance meets Taylor's dad, Deontay attempts to bail out Lindsay's friend, Destiny and Kelly both separately plot ways to roll up on Sean, Puppy and Eric talk to a divorce lawyer so Eric can start divorce proceedings on his ex, and Chaz goes to a strip club with Branwyn. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things with you? Uh, Things are going okay. Uh, First day of school was last week. Uh, Went by pretty smoothly for the most part. So kind of getting kicking into gear. And I know you're starting school next week. Monday. We start on Monday. But, you know, I found out today I may be getting a new class. So that's always a lot of fun. Just here's a brand new class for you to figure out how to teach in two days. Go for it. Yeah. Well, sometimes you just got to roll with it. So that's 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 teaching. Yeah. Speaking of, let's talk about Deontay and Lindsay. So Lindsay and Deontay are getting ready to head out. And Blaine, Lindsay's friend, gifts Lindsay with a pair of cowboy boots. Deontay is feeling a little uncomfortable with this Blaine guy around. He casually tries to fish for more information, saying it's interesting to Lindsay. He brings up how easy it is to sneak into each other's bed, and Lindsay does a really big fake laugh. But she just sits there staring at Deontay, and then tries to change the subject by saying she's undressing him with her eyes. She then brings up TC, her friend that needs to be bonded and asks if he could bond him because she has arrest warrants. She says she still has pending charges and doesn't really answer right away when Deontay asks if she's on the run. She then says she's kind of on the run from the state, so he shouldn't mention her name if he gets pulled over. Lindsay then says she believes in loyalty. Deontay lists off people who he would be loyal to, including, you know, if it was Miley Grace, like his best friend Derek. And then Lindsay jumps to the conclusion that Deontay wants to only be loyal to people who aren't criminals and asks what he's going to do with her uh, when uh, if she ever got in prison and he had to possibly bail her out. And then she compares him to Scott, which offends Deontay. Deontay says that he gets tongue tied around her and that's not what he meant. He's just looking out for her. Deontay says this whole bail bond thing is just too much, but he shakes Mm. his head saying it's crazy as Lindsay is trying to smile and give him the eyes to convince him to bail her friend out. She then gives him instructions and a kiss on what exactly he needs to do to make this happen. Deontay asks her never to ask him to do anything like this again, and she asks, well, what happens when it's her? And he's just like, well, we'll figure that out later. Lindsay says that she appreciates that Deontay isn't condescending like Scott. Deontay is questioning his life choices, where his girl is living with some dude and he's bonding out another dude. Deontay muses that this dude could rob him and he could be stranded in Mississippi for all he knows. But, I guess to his luck, it ends up that TC has holds in other counties. So it's pointless to bond him out of this prison because he'll just get put into another one. And Lindsay doesn't have enough money for all the bail. 
Lindsay then just says they should check out his Airbnb, and Deontay tells us it's about to go down in the Thunderdome. I don't know what he thinks sex is. (laughs) Sex or a fight. Yeah, that's what that's what goes down in the Thunderdome. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever actually seen that movie, but it's not sex. Definitely no, not. No, definitely not. <laughs> and, you know, he's saying this as Lindsay is trying to duck behind things and just generally panicking because they hear police cars with sirens racing right by them. All right. So do you think Deontay is being a sucker again, but for maybe different things than money this time? Yeah, I I totally do. I like broke it down and was like, think about this objectively Mm -hmm. from the people we don't know. If your friend was like, oh, I'm talking to this girl online Mm -hmm. and I'm going to drive halfway across the country to meet her. I'm always I'm already like, this seems sketchy. Right. 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 I'm going to go drive halfway. Oh, yeah. Well, are you going to stay at her house? No, because she's living with some other guy. I'm like, hmm. Okay. Right. And then literally when you're like, oh, so you got together and what the, what you, you know, you got. What'd you do day one? What'd you do? What'd you do? What's the first thing you did? Uh, we went to bail her friend out of prison. I'm like, you're a sucker. What are you doing? Right. Like this isn't even a, that's like the reddest of red flags. Like yeah. you just tell that story. Oh, I drove across the country to, to hook up with somebody I never met. And instead of hooking up, we went to bail her friend out of prison. Right. Out of jail. Like, dude, come on. He is such a pushover and it makes me feel really bad for him because this is how he gets taken advantage of. Like, you know, we know the first time we saw him, Nicole, Nicole, like definitely took advantage of him. And I don't I want to give Nicole the benefit of the doubt. I don't think she necessarily thought like, ooh, let me use this guy and get everything I can from him. But it's like you kind of see that this guy is like kind of weak and can't really say no and then you're like oh right let me see how far this goes let me try push it a little bit further and i definitely felt like Lindsay kind of fished a little bit by kind of ha ha you might need to bail my friend out when you get here you know and he's like the hell but at right. the end of the day it's like she kind of saw he didn't straight up said no like she would never be able to pull that off with scott scott would have been like yeah right no. no yeah no no but then she but then that's the thing it's and but all you have to do is she knows how to manipulate him. She's yeah. a very good manipulator. Oh, right? she is. Yeah, sure. Like, like, like the even the way she said, did she come up and say like, "Oh, actually, I can't pick him up because I didn't tell you this, but I have warrants." Right. The state. She was like, "I told you I have warrants, right? I told you that. I must have mentioned that, right?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh, come on!" Like, and she knows how to do it, and she knows he's and the he's a horny creep, and oh, so yeah. just a little bit of like the te- teasing with sex, and he's gonna do whatever you want him to do. Like money, right. errands, whatever. He'll do it. Yeah. Right? And she knows. And she know, and, and also, she looked at Nicole and was like, I think I'm his type. I think I can do it. Oh, yeah. She definitely could. And like, and she clearly doesn't have a problem sleeping with someone to kind of get her way. I mean, she slept with Scott. I, I At least on camera, we saw that it was heading that way a couple of times. So it's like right. she doesn't have a problem kind of you know, giving herself to get what she wants in the situation. And, you know, we've talked about this before. As long as everybody's kind of aware of what their part is to play in a transactional relationship, I'm not judging. But it's like she knows that she can get things from Deontay if she just kind of throws a little something, something his way. Very easy to please. 
it's weird because I feel like she understands how this relationship is transactional and he doesn't like he doesn't understand what she's bringing to the table and what is expected of him kind of no. like he doesn't it's it's not like somebody that was a little bit more like Scott who was pretty much you know knew it was transactional and knew that it was sex he was getting sex right right, right. I think Deontay thinks he's getting more than that. Yeah, I do think Deontay, especially if we think about his relationship with Nicole, like generally thinks these women are in love with him, right? Yes. And he and we've always said like that's where, you know, a transactional relationship breaks down is when one person doesn't recognize it for what it is. And I don't you're right, I don't think Deontay really sees it for what it is because he may look at, you know, cuz it's kind of a very bizarre situation, right? He's seen his relationship play out on TV. He's seen her relationship play out on TV. How often does that happen, right? So we can kind of see that that's not a match. This isn't a match. But we actually seem to, like, be into each other. Like, we're attracted to one another, you know? So this must be real. He sold that all out as I'm better looking than Scott, which is not a high bar. No. But age appropriate. and he, but he certainly clears it, right? But yeah. you can see she's also got when when the sex appeal doesn't work, when that kind of stuff is going, you can see she's got that magic thing. Oh, this is just like Scott. Right. This is just like Scott, and he's going to be like, you know, it's like calling Marty McFly a chicken. Like he's going to be like, oh well, I'm I'm going to show you, I'm not like Scott. No, no, like, yeah, don't ever mention that guy. Mm-hmm. Whereas the things are. But things he's actually trying to express concerns about are mm-hmm. totally legitimate. It's a ridiculous thing to ask, like, to ask your new person to your, your new person you just met to bail your friend out of prison. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Right. And and it, it, it's one thing if you she was like, oh, my God, this is huge. I know it's crazy. She's not even like that. She's like, this is a normal thing people do. Right. Like, obviously, you would. Wouldn't you bail me out of prison? Like, and, and it's funny because. I mean, my response to her would have been something be more along the lines of, you know, it's funny. It never came up. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't tell you what I do because that doesn't happen to me. Right. Right. Um, Something else I want to bring up that I wonder if is going to come up this season. But it's Mm -hmm. like, Deontay, you are kind of going down the same path as you did with Nicole. Right. Nicole ended up leaving uh, Deontay for her prison girlfriend. Well, let's also recall Lindsay has a prison girlfriend who she was trying to move in the camper, like in the driveway. Right. Right. And that was definitely it was and it was a very similar situation. too, Right. Uh Because it was well, that one she was trying to pretend like I think feel like Lindsay was trying to pretend like it wasn't a relationship. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. And it wasn't more like it wasn't more like Nicole, where she was like teasing three ways. And the other girl was like, absolutely not. Under no circumstances will that ever happen. No. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah. He is not about it. No. And I, I can't blame her. Tia's like, no, I know what I like. And it's not you. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was clear that Nicole and Lindsay are bi, whereas Tia is just straight no, up. No, Tia was just yeah, gay. Yeah, she was just straight up gay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and so that made a difference. All right. So speaking of people who don't know what they want, let's go to Amber and Puppy. <laughs> so we're back in Atlanta and Eric and Puppy are dressed in coordinated but not matching studded leather jackets to talk to a lawyer because that's what everyone wears to talk to a lawyer. Yes. Anyway, they're going to talk about his divorce. So Puppy says that 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 he has been separated from his wife for two years, but still hasn't filed the paperwork. So Eric 
and Heather, when they're talking to the lawyer, it comes out that they've been married for almost eight years. The lawyer understands that Puppy seems to be in a rush to get this done, but Eric, eh, not so much. So she cautions that the process it could take a while, especially if, you know, the um, if his ex-wife wants to fight the thing. So in an interview, Eric tells us that he's apprehensive about the divorce because it's a big deal, obviously, and that Heather kind of has a place in his heart because she helped him through like – uh, a time in his life when he said he was sick. So he feels like the divorce might be just, it's just extra drama in his life he doesn't need. So like every divorce, the easiest thing would be if she cooperates. So maybe, you know, if we, you've been kind of talking about it, nobody files the paperwork. Maybe if you file the paperwork, that might kind of get the whole, get all the gears turning. So then anyway, they bring up the subject of cost. The lawyer says that it's going to be 6,500 plus fees to do the divorce, which he says is fine, but he doesn't, he just doesn't seem totally invested in doing this whole thing. So out in the parking lot, Puppy asks if he's really sure he wants to do this and also if he's still in love with his ex. So he answers with, I don't want to do this. This is stupid, which he then kind of says is the same thing as saying no. But Puppy doesn't really think is the same thing as saying no. She's finding this whole process, <laughs> this whole thing degrading. So next up, we switch to Amber, and she is at an axe throwing bar with her with her new boyfriend TC. It's a different TC, completely unrelated. Right. And we know that because this TC, unlike most of the guys she's been involved with, hasn't been to prison and has no history of addiction. So they flirt a bit and play the axe game, and she starts talking about her mom and dad's commitment ceremony. So it leads to them talking about their future, kind of like, oh, do you see us doing something like that? And blah blah blah. So TC gives her a really heartfelt speech where he was like, oh, I, I given up on love, but I could see getting married to you. Anyway, his plan is very simple. Farm, house, kids. Now, he tells her that he wants more kids and they kind of leave that dangling out there. We haven't heard anything about that. Um, and Amber thinks, you know, she could see herself doing that with him, even though it's not really something she thought of before because, well, with the lifestyle she led, it wasn't really an option that she had considered. So it is now and um, she... You know, it might happen sooner rather than later because their method of birth control right now, as she describes it, is the pull and pray method. Oh, God. So <laughs> as they leave, Puppy gives her a call and they agree to meet up the next day. Uh, but then we get a little bit, a little slight look at TC's jealousy because he kind of says the wifey thing. Mm. And he's like, wifey, I don't know about that. So then we see Puppy go to a, so it looks like a late night surprise visit to her mom to get advice. She says that her mom always told her straight up what she needs to hear. Maybe not what she wanted to hear, but she wants her opinion on the current situation. So mom picks up that there's something going on that puppy's not telling her about, which I feel like everybody would have picked up on because she was being laying it on pretty thick. But she doesn't, she doesn't really say anything specific and just kind of how she generically doesn't trust Eric about what's going on. So her mom notes that with puppy's dad, that was not something she ever had to wonder about. But then... I don't know. They kind of go in a circular conversation a while. And, and Puppy says, tells us in an interview that her mom doesn't know everything. But again, we're kind of left dangling details on that. So let's go back. It was, you know, two about Puppy, one about Amber. Let's talk about Eric um, and kind of your feelings. Do you think Eric wants the divorce? I think Eric is a terrible human being. I really don't <laughs> like this guy. Um, you know, I wish that... It would be easier to divorce, right? And the whole $6,000, to me, it seems like if you have two people in this marriage that are okay with dissolving their marriage, it shouldn't cost you that much. 
right? I, I say this as someone, you had a mostly amicable divorce. I had a very, I had the barest bones divorce you can imagine. And it right. was a little bit less than that, but not much. Um, really? So that there's, there's yeah, just because you need the lawyers to draw up the paperwork and mm-hmm. you need the lawyers to then go and they, they, they file the case and then the lawyers have their courtroom because you still have to have a court date and you mm-hmm. still have to talk to the judge and they still have to file it and get a separate copy that they notarize and keep on their thing. So there's lo- still lots of like lawyer fees to do. Um, hmm. It's just that you're not a, not a ton of billable hours um, in terms of that. Well, because even in my agreement, like we still have the lawyer draw up like, okay, here's a good legal agreement and we can, you know, put in the numbers that you want to put in here and add this part that you want to add in. Um, and then it cost me a little bit more because I took that that document to another lawyer and spent literally one hour of lawyer fees being like, does this look okay? He was like, no, it seems fine. Sure. Right? Do you think that if you had like no assets to have to figure out, no like uh, custody situations because you have children, right. um, I'm assuming Eric does not have children with his ex-wife. So if you were talking about a very amicable divorce where you literally don't have to divide anything or figure out anything, do you think it could cost less than that? Um, I, I think it depends on the states too, um, mm-hmm. because there's different, like, and it, it's really hard to to get into the filing it with the clerk at the county. Where do you file it? How do you file it? What where, what what do you have to pull from them before you can do it? That just takes the lawyer know how um, yeah. to do. So it would be a little bit less. Um, but yes, if I had, if you you know, you're getting divorced without a pot to piss in to even separate, mm-hmm. right? no kids or anything, there's really not much to the contract, right? And there has to be some sort of decree and some sort of agreement, but it can mm-hmm. very well just be like, here's all our assets. We split it in half. We didn't even own a house together. Like, you know? Um, yeah. Because the house thing that, you know, we had, we had a house and kids, right? Yes. So even that with as amicable as it can be is complex, right? Right. It's, it's right. not even that complex. It really isn't. Like it was almost as simple as it could be with take away the kids, take away the house, and things are a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But in terms of there's just a bare minimum of staying, getting in court and filing and appealing for the court date and doing that stuff. It makes it that that's going to cost you a couple thousand. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I get it. Eric just doesn't seem like someone who's going to prioritize paying for a divorce. So I can right. right. I well, if you're like, I'm already living my life that I want to live. Right. We're not living together. We really aren't financially connected at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. Why would I just up and spend sixty five hundred dollars to make this happen when it yeah. doesn't make a difference in my life at all? I mean, the reality is I know people that are still married just because it's easier, even though they're both moved on. They both have partners for a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh fact the person that i'm thinking of specifically still is on their husband's like health insurance just because it's like well why not it's like just easier for me to when stay you have another insurance. partner and you're actually married that's kind of fraudy but <laughs> yeah. they could definitely audit that and and figure that out um right but yeah because i get because they don't want people staying married just to take advantage of a, of a health insurance but mm-hmm. yeah i mean and 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 that's assuming it's going to be amicable we have no idea what heather is up to or what heather wants or if heather wants to you know, kind of 
twist the knife and put put th- make things harder. Well, it did make it kind of sound like, uh, at least from Puppy's perspective, I'm sure Eric is telling her whether or not it's true that the reason yeah. why it's been taking so long and that it's a drawn out process is because of his ex-wife. Because that's what she seems to think, right? So it's like the blame is off of Eric because this is a situation where you do require two people to eventually sign and agree to this. And if she's not going to, you can make it more difficult. But the fact that it's been two years and he's been saying that this is, you know, something that's been ongoing for two years. But then you really look into it and realize, wow, you haven't even started step one. Find a lawyer. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's right. ridiculous. And it, so it just it just doesn't seem to me. I don't know. It seems like he, especially with that, while she has a special place in my heart, right? Kind mm-hmm. of stuff. That's 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 tricky talk, right? Especially like I said, when there's no kids. Like it's one yeah. thing if you're like this person gave me children, then and then to just be like, well, this person I was married to. So I mean, there is always something. Obviously, it's somebody you loved at some point, right? Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. It's it's definitely kind of busy. Like, well, why haven't you done that? It's like, well, she has a, space, a place in my heart, so I don't want to push it too hard. And it's like, uh, yeah. that's that that's that's not maybe not a red flag, but we're we're getting there. Yeah, I agree in that. It's like, well, it's concerning because you're prioritizing the feelings of your ex over your current partner. Yeah. Yes. And you should be, as the current partner, you should be concerned about that because that's someone who doesn't seem to value you or prioritize you as much as you deserve to be. Totally. All right. So let's go to Amber. And the thing that bothered me there is I will never understand people who like aren't sure they want to be committed, but eh, if we have a kid together, that'll be no big deal. Like we'll just do that. Like it's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, well, we'll just, we won't try to be having a kid, but if it happens, we're not going to really do much to stop it. And if it happens, then that happens. But I don't know if we're ready to get married yet. Like, that's. I kind of interpreted a little different. So I understand what you're saying um, that, you know, it's like, oh, why do people think that kids are less of a commitment than marriage? Right. So I understand. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Odd. Right. And it is. (laughs) But I, I interpreted how she was saying is that she never knew she wanted to have kids. And now that she met T.C., She's like thinking, oh, maybe kids wouldn't be so bad. And I honestly, I feel like that's how it should be, like that specific thought. Because, um, you know, it is kind of interesting to think about. Well, and okay, and I think maybe for me, I will say that I know not everybody feels this way. And I'm not saying that they should feel this way. But if you're thinking about what's going to be more important in your life, is having kids more important in your life or is having a healthy relationship with your partner more important in your life? I would personally prioritize healthy relationship with a partner. So for me, it's not let's just marry the first person who's willing to have kids with me and to be a father to my children. Right. That's not my first thought. But I do think a lot of women, men feel that way. Like having kids is so important to me. I need to find a good 
future parent to my children. And that's something that they look for in the other person. And so it's one of those things where you're thinking like, I'm going to have kids regardless of the partner I'm with. But I think I go through it thinking like, oh, well, having a good, healthy partnership with someone is more important to me. And so if I, and obviously if I was younger, not now, but if I was younger (laughs) and if I met the right person and that was something, you know, that they wanted and that that was something that I felt, you know, uh, our relationships could survive having kids, then that would be something that I would consider, right? And kids would be the afterthought rather than the relationship. And I kind of took that to mean her whole conversation about that was the same thing. Like, I found the right person. Now I could consider having kids. Yeah, I mean, and and to be fair to Amber, she literally did say if he got down on his knee and proposed right now, I'd Mm -hmm. say yes. Like she was, she, so she kind of is also, I'm also ready to get married to this person. Yeah. Um, And so maybe that's, Kind of quick because I think she's only said it's only been a couple of months, right? Which, which uh, that's a little worrying, but at least right. it, it isn't the putting it the the cart before the horse, right? But it, you're right; it is a little concerning because I feel like some people like kind of feel like, oh, trap baby, like mm, no big deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is true because I want to be married true. to them, so trap baby, sure, why not? Yeah, even if he's not married, he's stuck. Yeah, <laughs> he's stuck for a while. Yeah. Uh, very concerning. Um, speaking of weddings and babies, let's talk about Sarah and Sean. So, uh, Sean and Sarah are spending the night apart. So, but going to Destiny, she's hell bent on ruining Sean's wedding. He managed to make her a court date, and she considers his wedding his court date. Meanwhile, Kelly and the kids are on their way. Gracie, specifically, uh, Sean's oldest daughter, who really did not like Destiny, uh, wanted to go. So Kelly is there with her friend, AJ. Destiny thinks Sean owes her about $50,000, the way she figures it, because the ring that she was promised was about $20,000. That number keeps going up. I know. It keeps going up every time. Yep. Uh, The car. And then she also says she left some clothes behind. She says now she's especially worried about money because she has a baby on the way. Uh, Back at the house, Sean and Sarah are getting ready for their night apart. Uh, Destiny, then we cut back. We're cutting back between all these different characters in this circus here. Destiny says that she didn't need the money when she was with Jason. Her, if you recall, Destiny did get married to a man after Sean. Uh, Destiny claims that she lied about how good uh, Sean sex with Sean was because she didn't want to hurt Sean's feelings. Uh, she had said, if you recall, that he was the best sex she's ever had. And if she's being truthful now, she says she wonders how he even has six kids. And maybe she just needs to be with a woman because, you know, even her ex-husband Jason is, as she was described, dumb. Uh, A naked-ass Sean gets in the shower as Kelly drops by the hotel. The front desk seems to have no issue telling Kelly which room is his. They didn't even look it up. They were just like asking, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. that guy, he's in this room, right? (laughs) Yeah, has no issues telling her where to find Sean. And then we see, it doesn't, you can't even really tell it's a front desk, but maybe it's even production. You see someone else telling Destiny off camera how exactly to find Sean, too. Uh, When asked if Destiny's baby could be Sean's, she simply says, next question. All right. So out of this circus, what do you think is uh, the biggest threat to this wedding? 
I mean, I would probably say Destiny just because she is seems to be YOLOing this whole thing. Like she has <laughs> nothing to lose at all and is like, let's go. But that might be production like tricking me into that. Honestly, I think um I think the one that should be the biggest threat to the wedding, but probably isn't, is uh Gracie. Oh, interesting. Like I, I, I think it's because they showed the flashbacks, and I had forgotten right how shitty he treats her. Oh man. yeah, he's a terrible right? dad. Mm-hmm. He's a terrible dad because to the point where she was like, "Oh, your your girlfriend broke up with you, and now now you're coming back." Mm-hmm. Yeah, just see your number two people. That's awesome, right? Yeah, that's interesting because I can see Gracie getting some FaceTime with Sarah and yeah. kind of hinting at how terrible of a dad Sean is. And I think that's really going to hit home because Sarah's pregnant with this child. She doesn't want a deadbeat baby daddy. Yeah. And she's going to be, it's just like, well, yeah. And that that's what it is. It's like, he's, he's going to find another sh- new shiny person and be like, oh, and your baby's going to get ignored. Yeah. Like, that's how this is going to go down. Right. Um, because, and, that, and I, because I think, that Sarah would take that as truth and like as, you know, more to heart if she said it than if Kelly said it. Right. Because I think Sarah must have suspicions, right? And so it's like the more people you kind of have coming in uh, reaffirming those suspicions, I'm sure that's not helping Sean. Right. right. Especially because I think Sean is using Kelly as a shield mm-hmm. for – because if, if I was dating somebody – you know, if it, you know, is is the is the person who's you know going to be the father of my child a bad dad, right? Yeah. The fact that I haven't met his, any of his children, right, is pointing in that direction. Uh, yeah, especially since a lot of them are minor children. I think he only has two adult children. The one that we met already, which even he said that they didn't have much of a relationship, but at least that kid was open to reconnecting with his dad. And then you right. have Gracie, who is, I think, just there getting into adulthood. Well, I think she's like 17. I think she turned 18, like, in between the last time we saw her and this time. Okay. And yeah. so, but I'm sure he's like, well, it's Kelly's fault. Kelly's the reason right. you haven't met she's my kids. She's keeping them away. Yeah. She's keeping them away. Whereas Gracie's going to be like, no, he ignores me. Like, right. he, and she'll take that more to heart than anything Kelly said, because she's going to be like, well, Kelly, you're just trying to get him back. Like, she thinks yeah. that. And so I, I, that's where, that's where the problem should come from. Now, uh-huh. well, Des- but Destiny's probably going to be more fireworks just because that's all she knows how to do. Right. Well, okay. So this is supposed to be. This is all taking place the night before. So my thought was right. that okay, definitely hiring security so Destiny doesn't make her way in unless they want her to make their way in production wise, right? Um, right. I was thinking Kelly would be more of a threat because she's on the inside. She technically has an invitation. You oh she's you, already, yeah. According to the way we've been told this story, Sarah does not know Kelly is there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> At least Destiny, Sean doesn't, officially doesn't know Destiny's there right. either. Right. But we're still up to the point, when is the person you're, the bride, mm-hmm. the person the bride explicitly told you not to invite, she's going to find out she's invited when she's walking down the aisle? Like, when? when is she finding this out? 
<laughs> what what is his plan? I don't understand. It's everything about Sean is always so ridiculous that I would not believe the truth in any of their story if Sarah wasn't knocked up. Yeah, that's true. Like I know that they did it. Like yeah. I know that she let They're, him get on they top. They must of her. be like, in some kind of relationship, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, even if he is just you know. Um, you know, a two-pump chump or whatever Destiny oh wants us God. to believe he is now. Oh, God. Which is funny because we said that at the time. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. at the time, they were like, oh, you're gonna, you excited to be with Destiny? He's like, yeah, I'm just going to rail her. Like, like he said, I'm just going to jackhammer that thing home. And it's like, this sounds horrible, Sean. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I just find him to be so unattractive. And it's just... He is no. on so many levels. Like, yes. he's not particularly attractive. I mean, he's not like super ugly if you just saw his picture, right? Not particularly attractive. If he right? didn't smile, that's working better in his Fair favor. Enough. Fair enough. You you see his the mugshot picture and you're like, not somebody I would go for, but, no. you know, not somebody I would like shield my eyes from. Not like that bad. But then he talks, you're like, you are, are dumb. He talks for like three seconds and you're like, wow. You're dumb. Yeah. Like, and it's super yeah. – like, it's, it's super unattractive. Like, whatever I'm, redeeming – Right. I am worried about Jason, Destiny's ex. Like, you thought – you called Jason dumb? It's like, ah. Uh... Yeah. Did he, that guy did, must be did he wear, real dumb. Did he, did he have to wear Velcro shoes or something? Like, how dumb oh. is this guy <laughs> if you think Sean's the smart one? Oh, goodness. I don't know. Yeah, it's like Sean can't even be devious. He's so dumb. No, he just uh, 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 yes, yeah, okay. Like I told you, just, I was thirty six. Uh, no, like, I didn't. I uh-uh. didn't say that. I didn't say that. Like he just sounds confused all the time. Oh my it's like gosh. that's part of it too. Oh goodness. All right. So people, speaking of people who sound a certain way all the time, let's go to Bramwin and Chaz. Mm. Uh huh. That's getting worse. I didn't feel it was as bad this season, but she always is doing this. Anyway, so at Chaz's cabin rental, Bramwin and all her friends seem to be getting ready for a trip to the strip club by styling Chaz's hair into a faux hawk. Really cool people here. Bramwin is hoping that the drinks and the boobs will loosen Chaz up a bit and they can have a good time because having a good time with people is how she builds a connection. So it's still very much daylight outside when they get to the strip club and the place is empty. So Bramwin immediately starts scoping out who they're going to hire for his birthday lap dance. And for the most part, he's hoping this thing will loosen up Bramwin enough that he finally gets to have sex with her. So we get a stretch of all the strippers being all up in everyone's face and Chaz just awkwardly chatting through the whole thing, making everybody uncomfortable. And before long, somebody one of the strippers comes by to sell them a lap dance. So Bearman picks up the tab and the stripper takes them behind the curtain and, you know, the cameras follow. But of course, Chaz can't stop talking through the whole thing. So he's even like, as she's grinding on him, being like, so you, uh, you're from around here? Where'd you go to high school? Like, uh, are you sure? Like, just, it's weird. So anyway, he's not sure what Bramwin's play is here. Like, is the lap dance just going to be like, kind of his consolation prize for no sex or is it foreplay he doesn't know what's going on but anyway before they get to find out one of one of her friends takes him outside to have a private conversation 
Jess starts talking about how into Branwen he is, but it's really about whether or not she's going to actually move to Kentucky because the friend is more or less like the longer she stays, the less likely it is she's ever going to leave. So Chaz said it wouldn't work if she didn't move and he would be devastated. So after the strip club, Jazz and Branwen are driving home alone and talking about what a good time they had. She's still really stressed with a bunch of work stuff. Like she was like, I have homework and I have classes. And um, so he tells her that maybe tomorrow after her classes, they can go hang out at the cabin for a couple hours. And she says she wants to hang out with him. But keeps whining about how much she has to do on top of feeling bad that now she can't spend time with him. But she has a curfew um, connected with her parole. So he drops her off at her place and gets a kiss a good night, but not really the rest of what he was looking for. So alone in the car, he keeps telling us how well he understands. Um, all right. So I don't know. Will she ever stop whining? I'm tired of hearing her whine. <sighs> okay. I am worried about this woman, right? I feel like um, that and she, I don't know if you notice, she is struggling to keep one of her two eyes open. I can't okay. tell if it's because her eyelash extensions are just are just too heavy. So heavy it's weighing it's like, them down. Yeah, weighing down her <laughs> lid. Um, but it very much to me kind of reads like this poor woman is on drugs again something's happening right and so i feel like that is part of the reason why she is talking that way um so yeah it's you know kind of like a drunk slur kind of tell sure i I think this is one of those things and so it's just uh, yeah she can stop i think as soon as she stops doing whatever she's doing yeah i mean and part of it too is just i hear her and it's like maybe it's it's because I'm a teacher. She keeps complaining about like the amount of homework she has to do, <laughs> and I, in my head, I'm like, I guarantee you, it is not that much homework. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure I could it's probably, not. I whatever it is she has to do, I'm sure I could pound it out in like 45 minutes. And she's like, yeah. I have to do all this work, and it's so stressful. Yeah, but I think part of that has to do with when you kind of keep things over your head, and you're like have this more avoidant personality. It oh, just sure. seems like, and it's it's because you're constantly avoiding it. So it's like, oh, I have homework. Oh, I have homework. Oh, I have homework. But how much time are you actually spending doing that homework? You spent like six hours avoiding it, even though you only spent one hour doing it. So in your mind, it, it was hours. like seven hours yeah. of homework. <laughs> that may be true. That may be true. Um, but I don't know. It seemed like the strip club kind of did what they wanted it to do, even though it looked like the least amount of fun I could imagine having. I did not want to be there. I did not want to see them. Weird. Well, first of all, I was like, are we going to where your daughter is working? Because that's awkward. And then also, even though Chaz definitely came off as a bit chatty nervous, Yes. It's like he was still touching and, you know, it was just like, ah, uh, first of all, I thought there was like the no That's touching. against the rules. But yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe they're, you know, whatever, because it's one of their own kind of situation. But, uh-huh. you know, it's like he didn't have to do as much touching as he was to, I don't know, accept a lap dance, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It just. I, 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 we, we've had this every time they come up. I don't understand strip clubs. 
at all. I don't mm-hmm. get them. <laughs> and so every time we see them and it just looks so awkward and so strange and everybody's sweaty and like it just doesn't look fun ever. Right. Ever does it look fun to me. Well, I think it was pretty transparent what the motive was here, right? Because Chaz, as much as he, he was like chatty nervous, it seemed like he was real into this, you know? And sure. so it's like – uh it was interesting because I think he even saw it. I mean, I he even said something about it. You know, it's like pretty clear that Branwyn's trying to get his rocks off somewhere else, so that way, you know, right? He she's won't, off the hook. Yeah, yeah. So she won't. Have and I to think do I think he was holding out hope that it was kind of a foreplay situation, mm-hmm. like let's get you all excited and then we'll take you home, but kind of knowing that it might just be a. Well, you got that. Yeah. Well, she jumped out and was like, okay, bye. Um, (laughs) What was interesting, too, is that they did, like, kiss for a little bit. It's like, I just, I don't know who to feel worse for. Like, Mm -hmm. it is so clear she is not physically into this guy and yeah. so to for her to have to be physical with him in any way i know it kind of like low-key kind of grosses her out and you can it just does. see that yes. like when they're kissing you're just like i i feel sorry for her because it's almost like she doesn't want to be doing that and oh plus we've talked about Chaz is like the worst kisser it's like oh right he's very tonguey yeah and he's coming out tongue first and it's just super awkward and she's well he just, keeps doing Doing that, that cardinal rule is where your your, your tongue shouldn't leave the right. confines of everybody's lips. Once it's outside of a lip line, we're 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 terrible here. Yeah, so it's just I I feel bad for her, and then I don't know. I kind of feel bad that she's not more into him, but it's yeah. like I don't know who to feel worse for. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. It they both. Are just I don't know, and he's holding out hope for something that is you know increasingly clear is not going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Like he couldn't even like, and that that was a that was a tell too. Is last time we didn't really talk about it as much, but when he was like, "Oh, my flight's delayed," and she was like, "You should just stay then. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's not worth coming right. up here." Like that's not what somebody who's into you. That's not what they say. They'll be like, even if it's for he, they would she would be on the same page he was. Oh. Even if it, oh, if you wanted to stay home, I understand it because it's a lot, yeah. but I would I still really want to see you. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. I think it depends on how practical the person is, because to me, that's a practical choice. Right. She was trying to say, oh, well, if you can get your money back, do that. Mm -hmm. To me, that's practical. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just I mean, I I, I agree with you in that. I don't think that's the reason why she told him not to. But yeah, I think she was kind of like, oh, we might avoid this visit. This would be fantastic. Right. But I can see myself being a little bit more practical about it and being like, oh, yeah, I'd love to see you. But that's a lot of money for that's only being here money. for a couple hours. Yeah. Get your money back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, well, but it, it would have been one thing if she was like, get your money back. And here's the plan. Like, here's when we can right. do it again. Like, here's yeah. the, the we'll shoot for this time. And she didn't have that part. No, definitely not. All right, so uh, let's move on to Tiffany, Kevin, Kayla, another circus we got going on here. So if you recall the last time Tiffany basically left him, uh, so Kevin walks into the panties and the note that Tiffany left, and he just laughs. He thinks she's just playing games and calls her a bitch. He thinks that she's just looking for excuses to run off. He calls Tiffany, and she denies that those panties are hers. Kevin asks why Tiffany's even digging around looking for things, and he's confused where she even found them. Tiffany suggests that he round up all the items that are other women's and just throw them out. 
Kevin is elusive in his interview, hinting at hiding something, but trying to pass it off like he isn't. Kevin says that he was trying to get Tiffany to trust him by giving her a key and free license to his house. And she says she'd rather have free license to his phone. Uh, Then we get a flashback of Kevin getting a text from Kayla and telling Tiffany that it's his grandma. Kevin insists he's being real and Tiffany is the one with secrets. He thinks that the person who has the most trust issues is usually the one who is guilty of something. Later, Kevin comes home to find Kayla in her car waiting for him. He thinks it's a good sign that she's actually smiling. Kayla says she's still mad at him a little bit, you know, as she's being flirty. So Kevin invites her inside. Kevin offers her some wine as he pours himself a... I don't know, liquor of some kind. And uh, Kayla demands an explanation on the whole joint Tinder thing with Tiffany that she came across. Kevin, uh, Kevin, 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 Kevin blames the Tinder account on Tiffany. Kayla says that Kevin told her that he wasn't even with Tiffany. Kayla then begs him to be real with her. She claims to be his main hoe. And Kevin says it's been years since they've been in a committed relationship. But she counters that they've been sleeping together on the regular. And then Kayla starts going off the rails, yelling at him, calling him fake and other bleep, 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 bleep things. And you couldn't even tell what was happening at that point because every other word was getting bleeped out. Yeah, she was, I think, the most bleeped person I've ever seen on the show. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't even understand the the moral of the story here because I can't follow anything because you keep on cussing. Yeah, you're... Yeah, it's too much. Like I just assume there's there's fucks in there, there's dicks in there. Like I, but I, other than that, I got I got nothing. Well, I mean, there's something to be said of someone who refers to themselves as the main hoe. So, <laughs> yes, true, true. Yeah. All right. So, what is Kevin's deal with Kayla? Do did you get anything out of all of that expletive? Oh. Kevin has been having sex with Kayla this entire time. Oh, goodness. He has okay. never stopped having sex with Kayla. All like, right. And, and, um, yeah, and, and is also trying to, he's basically trying to be in a relationship with two different women. Like, uh-huh. and convincing both of them that the other woman either isn't there, isn't a threat. Like, I think, I don't know if it's on the daily, like Kayla said, because that seems like yeah. it would get under skin to you know that'd be that'd be too hard to keep keep under wraps oh yeah but i think it's been often enough that she's like we are still in a relationship like how are we right. in a relationship and you have a joint tinder account with some other woman like what the yeah. hell yeah yeah i mean we've seen him just blatantly lie to kayla even now he's like oh she took it upon herself to do this account by herself you know oh, yeah like, everything he, everything he says to kayla that i i believe that because we hear what he says to Kayla. Yeah. And the things that we know aren't true. Right. Like, like you know, like that's her account. Who is this woman? I'm not even seeing her. Like, he'll say things like that. And it's like, no, we know that's a lie. Like, we know you're right. lying to her. So if you're lying to her, why are you not also lying to Tiffany? Right. Which I yeah. thought was funny because he was at that one point where he was like, I don't know. The people who, you know, are the most suspicious, the ones who are doing stuff themselves. And I'm like, or... They're the ones whose boyfriend is screwing some other woman constantly. (laughs) They're suspicious because there's something there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, this guy, what is he even doing? You know, to me, it's like, 
with the whole Tiffany thing. You know, he's lying to Tiffany. I don't even think he'd really have to lie to Kayla. Like, as sad as it is, I feel like she has been years without an actual commitment from this dude. And she's still hanging on to hope that, you know, that if it looks like a relationship, it smells like a relationship, it is a relationship, right? But I mean, but I don't know. And this is the thing. I don't know that I think she has a very skewed idea of what a relationship is. Oh, sure. Because I'm pretty sure they just have sex. Like when they see each other, they have sex Mm -hmm. and then they go back to where they came from. So that – does that really smell like a relationship? Does it feel like a relationship? Well, maybe to her, you know, because – That's what I'm saying. So she has a very skewed idea of what a relationship is and that it's not – anything more than sex right well i do think that uh some people think of sex as being the most intimate thing that you could do with someone else and so it's one of those things where it's like well if you're having sex with someone that basically is a more intimate relationship than her friends kayla does not seem like a classy person so i can't (laughs) imagine her having in-depth conversations with friends we've seen how she talks right i don't even know how you could be friends like have a deep meaningful conversation with this person so it's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. you know so if that's all she is like uh you know a giant walking swear jar i think that this is the closest to a relationship it looks like for her yeah that's true i mean she just it, it, it it's a kind of a sad place to be where it's just like I mean, would you think she'd figure it out by now? Because, oh, man, it's just like, well, if he's fucking me, we must be his I must be his girlfriend. Uh, Sadly, she is not the only one who like kind of has that belief. And, you know, I I I would even say guilty of it in my younger years where it's like you don't want to have that question of you don't want to bring up like, oh, where is this going? What what are we doing right now, right? You just like kind of trust, well, this is everything I would ask for in a relationship. So I don't want to freak this person out by asking them if we're in a relationship, but I kind of know this is a relationship. So I could see her (laughs) kind of having that thought, you know, like, well, I'm just not going to ask him because then he's going to like freak out and run off. But I'd feel like when you saw the joint Tinder account with another woman, you'd be like, feel like I'm not the only one he's fucking. Hmm. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, he's also lying to kind of justify all that, too. But but the one thing he doesn't tell her is that they are in a relationship. Yeah. Like, he's of all this is going, she, he's very clear that this, that's not a relationship. Right. Like, and so that's it's like extra weird that she's hanging on to that. Mm-hmm. All right. So last up for me is Taylor and Chance. So I really hope it's Easter time. Because the kids are doing an Easter egg hunt and Chance is dressed up in the Easter bunny fursuit. So this also is what he chose to wear for the first time he'll be meeting Taylor's dad. Oh, goodness. He also missed the memo. It was he also missed the memo about how when you're in the suit, you're not supposed to talk. So they get there and he's like, hi, and breaks character in the suit and also shakes their hands. And then, you know. Just takes the head off. Again, the other thing you're not supposed to do when you're in front of the children. So, like everyone like everyone else, he wants to impress his 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 significant other's dad. So even if their her relationship with him is strained. So Chance obviously is not very skilled with getting along with parents because the dad asks him something along the lines of, Oh, what do you do for a living? And his answer is basically 
I bang your daughter. Oh, gosh. So, <laughs> confusingly, his name is also Bobby. So the next question he asks is, why were you locked up? Chance says he robbed a bank but blamed it on Xanax and tries to make a dumb pun about being allergic to drugs and just goes over like a lead balloon. Mm. So the parents ask about sister Bobby and it seems like dad Bobby and stepmom Kathy have quite a history with Bobby's drug use. Um, So Taylor doesn't want to tell them about Bobby's relapse. So Chance tells them that it. He's more compassionate than they are. And Bobby warns that Bobby dad warns that sis Bobby, very confusing, will bring the relationship down the drain. So then we get kind of more details about the actual story of the things that went down. So at one point, the dad and the sister were both living with Taylor and the dad called the cops to do a wellness visit, which, ooh, yikes. And he was hoping that that sister Bobby had a warrant out on her for, for her and that when the cops came, they would just take her away. So after that, Taylor kicked her dad out because, again, this is clear. It wasn't her dad's house. It was Taylor's house. So things are not really good. Uh, Bobby and Kathy both think that the only way to save their relationship is to, you know, basically cut sister Bobby off. So soon we see them again and Chance is super proud of himself. He has a dog collar on. I'm going to mention that right now. But he also bought a brand new truck. Um, So... When he brings it home, Taylor's mostly concerned about the price. He says it's $550 a month, plus, you know, but a little bit more for the $3,000 rims that he had, that he bought on. Um, and he committed to all of this without discussing it with Taylor. So he said he did the math and it works out. But she did the math and she's like, this is a third of your pay. So Taylor's worried that he's making these, dis- these decisions and that one day they're not going to be able to cover it, especially since they don't have free daycare anymore. So she's happy that she has a partner to help raise the girls, but doesn't feel like much of a partner when he just keeps spending money without consulting her. So he wants to get a bigger house and take out a loan to pay for the wedding. So she's concerned that borrowing so about his borrowing so much, but you know, he just says that that's how the world turns. All right. So let's, let's actually go back and start up with, uh, with dad, Bobby and his wellness visit. I mean, Who's really the most in the wrong here with this whole situation as they described it? Uh, I don't know. It's tough. I understand where all of them are coming from. It just sucks that, you know, Taylor is kind of the victim in all of this and all the things that they do to each other are kind of like, you know, she's the one because she has the kids. She has more to lose. You know, Mm -hmm. she's the one who gets stuck in the middle and she's the one who gets punished by all their misdeeds. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just the the idea that he wanted to get her help and he was like, I can't she we have to cut her off. And like, Mm -hmm. that's the only way to help her make sense. Yeah. Getting the police involved in something the police have no business being involved in. That does seem that's the part that bothers me. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of thing that when you hear, you know, people talk about police reform, they're just like, why are police doing these wellness visits for somebody who's not a danger this is not this is that that's not a thing that's a dangerous thing to get involved in yeah. and to to kind of do it in that way and also to straight up acknowledge i was hoping she'd get arrested not get help not get put in the hospital not not kind of get herself into rehab i was hoping they had warrants out for her arrest and she'd get arrested well sadly like, people see prison as a rehab 
I mean, it's yeah, a forced like place that you know you would assume because we've seen this show enough to know that that's not necessarily the case. But yeah. you know, it's like forced sobriety in theory. Yeah, which is that's also crazy too. If you ever asked me, do you think you get you could get drugs in prison? I'd be like, yes. Like really? I would never hesitate to think. Oh yeah, I would absolutely think you could get drugs in prison. Oh. See, I would think the opposite because it's like they're not trying to – they don't want you to have fun in there. To me, it's like drugs equals fun for a lot of these people. So oh, it's like – Oh, no. I just, I just assume that there's there's a lot of money to be made by somebody who can get the drugs into the prison and they're going to get them mm. in there. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. What the heck is wrong with Chance? Like you don't talk to someone's dad like this that you're trying to actually oh impress. He literally opened with – what was it? Um – full-time sex machine part-time sex yeah. slave like right. what it's like no you oh my gosh my dad would you don't like, say that to anybody it, my dad would have mentally written you off and my dad is canadian oh, no. so he's incredibly nice and like he would never say it he might say something i don't know that's kind of crossing the line he might say something but in his mind he would be like this jackass i can't I can't even imagine what my dad would do because my dad's very American and uh, like he would just I think he would I think he would be like, really, that's the first thing you're going to say to me. That's what you're going to wow. lead with. I know. Like, <laughs> he is like uh, chance is getting weirder and weirder to me. Remember, like when we first met him, how he was he did come off as kind of fake, but at least like very nice. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. You kind of had like, okay, well, I hope this is like genuinely how you feel. It seems like you have a positive spin on things. You're not kind of in this dark place like a lot of people are when they first get out. And it's just like, as he keeps going, I'm like, this is a weird ass dude. I I don't know how else to describe him. He's just a weird ass dude. Like, I definitely noticed. Like, why is he wearing a dog collar? What the the heck is happening here? It was a gold dog collar with like a bone like tag on it. It was like, oh my God, why? Why is he wearing a dog collar? Why? He is just a weird ass dude. And then when he's like talking to her about the truck, he's like, it's a surprise. It's like, for who? It's your truck, right? Yeah, it's not a surprise for her. He's yeah. like, well, I even because even at the end when she was like, whatever, he was like, well, I like it. I'm glad I did it. And it was like, and you had to spring for the three thousand dollar rims on the truck. That I that know. was your that was your priority here. I know, and you know, and then she was like, kind of doing the quick math. It's like basically a third of what he makes, is right? Going which is what you're supposed truck. to pay in rent. And yeah. Not in- <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. So, I yeah. mean, and his comment about, like, the whole – I get what he's saying. That's a very American kind of mentality to just take loans out for everything and, like – Spend it's money, that, money, money. Yeah. Right. Instant yeah. gratification, you know, like, payback over time. I get that. And there's definitely things like, you know, if we all had to wait until we could outright pay for a house, like, we'd all be very old – uh, when that was happening and maybe we'd never get there because with inflation and like the housing market the way it is, you may not ever get there. For sure. The down payment you had saved at the beginning of your 30 years isn't really making a dent in what you have to pay at the end of the, th- right. at the end of your 30 years. So right. I get that there's certain things that, yes, you really do just have to pay it back. But I would not consider cars one of them. I do think like for the most part, and I'm guilty of having a car payment as well. But do I think that's the best like in uh choice of spending your money? Probably not because uh, cars uh, depreciate in value so quickly. Like, you know, well, I mean, to be fair, to be fair to him, trucks 
really right now don't. Mm-hmm. They they like they are like I think my dad has my dad has a truck. He has an 06, just the 06 Silverado. Yeah. Right. And and it's and I bought a car in uh, what 2019. Mm-hmm. Right. His truck is worth more than my car. <laughs> wow. Like now. Like and it was wow. it's not a top of the line truck. It was it's like the kind of the bare bones version of it. It doesn't even have like automatic door locks, but the truck holds its value a lot better hmm. than a car. Um now, does that mean he should be spending five fifty a month? No, because I know I spend I know I make a lot more money than him and I uh would never have a car payment that big. Yeah. Like, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, all these people making weird life decisions. All right. So uh, we did not hear from, oh, both are Britneys. So Brittany and Marcelino Correct. and Brittany and Ray. So out of the group you saw this week, who is your student of the week? I went with Puppy because she seems to know what she wants, right? She's not getting what she wants and she's looking for advice and not because not just getting because we the puppy in the past would just like get sloshed and like complain yell at amber about it like seems like she's actually trying to handle it in a better way Mm, right um i actually gave it to amber this week because i appreciated that when puppy called in the middle of her date that she set boundaries but still let her know that she was there and i think you know it's it's tough time for puppy and i feel so so bad for her because i feel like she deserves so much more and she should expect so much more from her relationships but you know she can appreciate the fact that amber will be there but amber isn't always going to put her as number one unless she's really in trouble right right or drop everything especially like in the middle of yeah. what she was doing with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I appreciated that. All right. Uh, what about your uh, dunce? We have so many to choose from this week. I went with Destiny. Like, mm-hmm. just for her weird. And, and at the end of the day, we, we did get. The reason she came up with the $50,000 is because that was that stupid bond. Where he was like, yeah. well, if you don't show up in court, I lose $50,000. I'll lose $50,000. She was like, well, then you should lose $50,000. Right. But. Like, I don't know. It's just it, we go through with her every time. It, she's just a ridiculous person for thinking he owes her anything at this point. Yeah. And then just going to show oh, up God, at the wedding. Yeah. Like, what? Come on. This is ridiculous. Right. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's like almost like a blackmail. Like if you. Yeah. Uh, want I will ruin your wedding not, unless you give me yeah. $50,000. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'm sure she'll try to be careful about not catching that on film. <laughs> <laughs> if it's all, all genuine, right? If it's a shakedown, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, my dunce is actually Chance. I mean, did he do anything right in this episode? I mean, he yeah, can't true. play Bunny correct. Uh, he can't be a somewhat respectful, respectable boyfriend when meeting dad. Uh, he's got questionable jewelry choice. He's making large purchases, uh, you know, while poor Taylor here is trying to hold down the house. So it's just like, I don't think Chance did anything right this week. Fair enough. It's true. He didn't. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? All right. So mine goes to, I guess it's it's Lindsay and Deontay and, um, you know, Bramon and Chaz who are trying to kind of do this long distance thing. And it's like, you have to have – kind of the way, same way we talked about like, you know, polyamory with Kevin and Tiffany. There has mm. to be like fixed boundaries and parameters with your long-distance relationship. How long is it going to be? Where are we going to move when it's yeah. done? Like how are we going to figure out what to do? Like you you can't just have like a, well, I guess we'll try this thing from 
you know, a, a fifteen hundred, two thousand miles away from each other, and just see where it goes. Like that's just that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so my life lesson uh, to chance. It's like you shouldn't be making a major purchase if you're staying somewhere for free. I mean, Taylor has every right to question or to request to have major purchases run by her. And I get that they're not married. They don't have combined finances. Um, I understand that Chance seems to think, well, this is my money. I can do what I want with it. But you're living there rent free. So really, you... It's an it's an obligation, like to have to yeah. run things by you, because you know she's right. If you're not going to pay rent, then for you. yeah, then she's paying for half that car payment that you should have been paying for your half right. of the rent. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so uh, as far as we know, this group is coming back. Maybe we'll hear something from one of the Britneys next week, and hopefully, my so, DVR because- will pick it up this yeah. time well i've We're, now learned my lesson love after lockup yeah. and life after lockup because yeah, yeah, yeah both gotta have them both yeah apparently it can't distinguish between the two <laughs> yeah and this is weird that this is on you said it recorded as love even though it, it is life it's so, so yeah weird. it didn't pick up on my dvr and i'm just like are you freaking kidding me it's like can i get one of these two but then i saw it on demand and it was under love after lockup and they and this show specifically has the most bizarre numbering schemes so it yes. put this under love after lockup season four episode 12 or 13 i want to say i'm just like where are these numbers i don't even want to i don't pretend to know right yeah it's so weird yeah so hopefully you are also able to find it wherever however you're looking at it yeah okay well until next week all right see everybody all right bye bye good